You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 26, Allison Sipes. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. On this episode, we have Allison Sipes. Allison is an OG pole dancer slash certification queen slash entrepreneur who is one of the hardest working babes in the biz. On this episode, we talk about how she became interested in making a career in pole after, ironically, losing her corporate job for pole dancing, the realities of running the Florida Pole Fitness Championship, her passion for creating programs that help students learn the basics of pole and studio owners become successful and profitable, and her newest venture of running America's first Dance Filthy competition. Check out Allison's post-podcast interview on the blog at poleparlor.com where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And while you're there, check out the shop for some unique, cheeky pole merch. And now, let's bring on Allison. Hey, welcome, Allison Sipes to the Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Minxie? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. And so let's jump right into our intro question. For how long have you been pole dancing and how did you first discover pole? Um, I have been pole dancing since 2005. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I uh, feel like a pole dinosaur sometimes. Uh, <laughs> no, you're just you're just very seasoned and yeah, seasoned. I like that word. Yeah. I like that word. Uh, I started when I moved to Orlando after I graduated college from University of Florida. Okay. And I, uh, it's funny how I fell into it. I was going to teach ballet to children at a Russian ballet studio here in town, and. While I was waiting for an interview with the owner, there was a cardio striptease, like aerobics dance class going on in one of the rooms. And I was curious because this, I'm saying this is back in 2005. This was brand new. There was no pole really. Um, so the class was over and the instructor came out and she was super nice. And she's like, oh, are you here to take my next class? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm here to teach ballet to kids. Like, I don't know how to dance like that. Like, no. And she says, oh, well, I'm just renting space out of this studio, and I'm getting ready to open my own, and we're going to have pole dancing. Um, and I'm going to need instructors. And I said, pole dancing? And she's like, yeah, like, like poles. Like, poles attached to the ceiling, and we are going to dance and do tricks on them. And I said, wow, that sounds really cool, but I, I've i never done that before. So I don't know if I could teach that. And she says, oh, don't worry. You know, I can teach you everything. And, you know, just come take some classes with me, and we'll figure it out. And it'll be super fun. Just come on. So I said, okay. And I left the dance studio. And uh, a couple months later, she opened up and taught me just the very basics. We had three static poles and uh they were little minx poles oh yeah we've talked about those before I've never danced on one but <laughs> yeah yep and they were 50 millimeters we had a powder coated painted pole 
there was a brass pole. And now that I think about it, I feel like the brass pole was platinum stages because it could okay. spin, but we kept it on static. So we did that. A little was advanced. That, yeah. And then the other pole was uh, chrome. So she just taught the very basics, and after a few months, I kind of got the hang of it, and I asked her to teach me some more advanced stuff, and this was around the time where people were just starting to hear about pole fitness and pole dancing as an activity outside of a club, and they were, you know, it was just a bucket list thing then. They would do a bachelorette party, or they'd come take a class, and they'd just do it to say they did it. So um, the owner was like, well, you know, this is all you really need to know, but... Um, I'll let you borrow this DVD that I learned from and just get a pole at home and, and do what I did and just kind of play around with it and see what you can do. She's like, I don't really have time to teach you between my other jobs and running the studio and, you know, I'm planning a wedding. And I was like, okay. So she let me borrow Fanya's DVD. Uh, I was going to ask, what DVD? It was Fanya's DVD. <laughs> and I was so enamored with her and everything she was doing and I look back on it now, and it's funny because the, if you watch the video now, it's just her and her, I guess it was a lingerie store at the time that she had. Was that when she you, was in Vegas at that point? Uh, yeah, or? yeah. Okay. And I think um, there was like racks of clothes in the background. Like You could tell <laughs> there was like shoes. For, I mean, whatever. Um, and so I studied that video religiously for months, and I did almost everything on the video, I think, except the handspring at the very end. That shit was hard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so then I returned the DVD back to the owner and I said, okay, like what's next? And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I can do like almost everything except this one trick. It's kind of crazy and it's scary. And I don't know, like one day I'm going to do it, but I can't do it yet. And she's like, wow. Um, okay. Um, and so then she realized that I was no longer the student and our relationship kind of changed and she got a little, um, controlling with what I could teach and, you know, things like that. So I said, okay. Um, but I want to do more and I know there's more and I just didn't know where to go. So I resorted to the internet and I discovered people on YouTube and I started watching videos of Carol Helms and Leanne Riley, I guess Orsi at the time. And I found Bobby and Felix from Australia and Janine Butterfly. And when I saw those videos, I was like, wow, like this is it. Um, and this was like 2006. So I had been pole dancing for one I don't know. I, yeah, almost. Because <laughs> I started like in June 2005. Okay. So, you know, that it was it was still pretty early. I'd say maybe like six or seven months like into my, you know, poll. You got injury. obsessed. I was obsessed, like legit obsessed. And I put a poll up in my one bedroom apartment and I would just watch these YouTube videos every day. And then I would videotape myself attempting what I was watching. And then I'd watch my video and compare it back and forth. And there was no instructional videos at the time besides Fanya's DVD. So, and I think uh, Pantera also had a DVD out, and I bought it um, just for entertainment purposes because she was doing like death lays and walks on the ceiling, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, sheer entertainment there. Um, maybe after a year, like maybe. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I think about it now. It's like I can do a couple of the things, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so it became an obsession, and I started contacting these people and we became friends online and it was really interesting because I had never really met people offline or online before. Yeah, so kind of so, creepy back then. Kind of, yeah, kind of <laughs> was still, you know, but I felt like because I had watched these videos over and over, I kind of knew these people. Yeah. 
so this online community started happening. And then um, I remember the, the first time I met some of these people was at the USPDF competition, the very first one that they had in New York. And that was the one that Janine Butterfly won. And so I met Carol and um, I had met Leanne before that. She was the one person that I did meet before I actually went to her studio and trained with her. Um, but it was really cool. And we were all watching and we all were just like, oh, we, we got to do that. Like that's, that's going to be us. And, and sure enough, six months later when the regionals happened, we were all competing and it just was really cool to have started back before this was really a thing and to have been friends with all these people before any of these competitions and now to see how we've created careers out of what seemed like nothing, you know, just 10, 11 years ago. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause we've <laughs> talked about that. Co- we've talked about that competition before and kind of like your guys online YouTube, uh, group of, of gals that ended up finally meeting in person after yeah. knowing each other for a long time. That's so cool. And so, you know, you were kind of in a different area though, cause you were in Florida and a lot yeah. of this stuff was going on in New York and Los Angeles. And I know Carol was in North Carolina, but. Yeah. So the studio that I started with this lady was the first one in Florida. And Is she still there? Is that no, she, there? she okay. unfortunately closed. Um, I think it was like two or three years later. So, um, and then some others opened in Orlando and now we have, I think nine, nine facilities in Orlando. It has just blown up within the past like six years here. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Wow. So you were kind of representing for Florida for a while. Yeah, for a while I was. And, um, I, I felt like there were a lot of talent. There was a lot of talent here, um, with the students that I had. Um, and so, you know, I was just hoping that other studios would catch on and eventually they did. And so I've tried to, um, unify all of the studios in Florida by creating events and competitions and, um, just trying to put Florida on the map, you know? And so now we have a few heavy hitters that live here now, you know, Sarah Jade, of course, has her studio. Uh, we've got Derek Pearson. He's down in West Palm, Pompano beach. We've got Rafaela Montanaro. She's just moved down there. Um, I'm trying to think who else we have some really great competitors in Jacksonville. We've got Katie Cooper, um, you know, so there's just a, a growing amount of people here in Florida. So that's really, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And you stopped teaching kids ballet. You don't do that. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny. I walked <laughs> out that day and never looked back. It just didn't work out for me. It wasn't in, wasn't in, in my destiny, I guess. Yeah. I feel like you picked the more fun direction for, for sure. sure. <laughs> That worked out. No regrets. (laughs) So from that point on, you started um, competing and performing and... Yeah, it just really um, kind of sparked my obsession even more when I saw the competition. And uh, because I used to do competitive gymnastics. I did junior Olympics. So competing was kind of in my, you know, youth and everything. So... When I saw that people were taking it to that level, I was really obsessed with it. And I saw there were tons of possibilities. Um, and it, it, it led me onto a path of teaching fitness and really being serious about it. So it inspired me to get my ACE and AFA group fitness certifications and countless others after that. I, I like to say I'm a certification whore. I like to take very, very many certifications about all kinds of stuff and I'm just obsessed with the knowledge and the more we know, I feel like the, the stronger this community and industry will be. 
So, yeah, you're very, um, I can tell, like, I mean, you've accomplished so much and we're going to get into that, but you're very structured and you're very much, you remind me, we've had like Amy Guy on, on before and she's, I love one. Amy. yeah, you, you guys. know what she, I'm sorry to interrupt. No. She was um, in my class when I went to be spun for the very first time. No way. Yeah. It was her and Estee Zakar uh, were in the class. Um, so we go way back. Yeah. Way, way back. You guys are like birds of a feather getting, you know, you kind of have this like structured going through, like being able to set up systems, being able to maintain systems. And like, that is so important in pools. Oh yeah. (laughs) If you don't have that in place, you're planning to fail. Yeah. So, um, I forgot to ask before, was this, was fitness kind of like your trajectory when you were like younger? Did you go to school or were you kind of just, um, floating around the dance world at that point? That's a great question. I know you Um, said you went to University of... Yeah, so um, I did competitive gymnastics from age 6 to 13. Mm -hmm. And then I did dance from the age 6 till about 18. Um, And then in Gainesville, after you graduated high school, the dance studios were kind of like, well, you either join the company, Dance Alive, and you tour around with us, or you become like a teacher on the side, or you take some adult classes, but you kind of stop. Um, and so college was more of a priority at the time. Um, and so I took some dance classes in college just for easy A's, but I kind of stopped dancing. Um, and I didn't work out and I didn't, I didn't have anything in my life that I was really passionate about. So for five or six years after high school, I, just was kind of lost as far as that aspect of my life. Once I quit gymnastics, it there's this void that I didn't really know that I had. Yeah. And I didn't enjoy working out. I didn't really enjoy going to the gym, but I love dancing. But, you know, after you take some time off of dancing, like, you get rusty. <laughs> and so I would take some classes, and i feel pretty bad about myself. Like, you know, wow, like, I need to brush up on my skills, so I would stop going. Um, but I figured teaching ballet to kids would be a kind of fun way to, like, ease myself back in there. Um, and it just, I've just stumbled upon it and, uh, it just evolved into this obsession. Um, but I think what really kind of catapulted me into this and a a few people know this story. Um, but I, I got a pharmaceutical job when I first moved here and I did that for three and a half years. And, uh, right about when the economy started going down in 2009, um, I got fired from the job and they said that it was because they found an article that was written about me. Um, I had a video on YouTube go viral. Um, and a funny story, it, it, I used to um, do these weekend challenges on this one website. It was um, oh, Pole Junkies. Yeah. Okay. And so we did these weekend challenges. And one weekend challenge was to uh, do a celebratory dance. And <laughs> the uh, University of Florida had won a championship. Uh, so this this must have been January because it was football. They won a national championship, so it was yeah, like a big for those deal. Those who aren't from the U.S. listening, University of Florida fans are fanatics. So we, yeah, <laughs> I bleed orange and blue. Yes, so I was I was like, oh, this will be fun. Like nobody will do this, you know. So um, I made this video and I posted it. It must have been like a few days after the championship, and it got picked up by five different sports websites, and it went viral overnight. Like like. It had hundreds of thousands of hits within a couple days, and then it was like a million, and like it kept going up. 
And so this one guy posted it on his website called Larry Brown Sports. And he did an interview with me about pole and how athletic it was. And it was a very tasteful interview about it being sports. And people are now doing it for classes and whatever. And I just asked him to please not put my name or anything like that on there. So he put a couple pictures of me from Facebook, but, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. There was a couple bathing suit pictures, pictures from Halloween, and then um, a couple pictures of me on my pole at home. And so this was on a website where the feed would throughout the day, you know, but if you posted it in the morning, it was, it was pretty much gone by the end of the day. Um, and so that was in January. And then six months later, it was when I got let go from my job. So I had a feeling that someone was out to get me with this job because I was up for a raise and a promotion and, um, a really big bonus. And that was all kind of taken away. And they said that they had found this interview and it, you know, it broke my heart because it, it, my, my district managers and my area manager had known about me teaching and they didn't have a problem. So the whole thing just seemed very weird. And I, in the end, think that it was because they didn't want to give me the money that was awarded to me and promised to me and that somebody wanted to take my territory from me. So I went into a depression for about six months because the money that you make from that kind of job and the benefits that you have is, it's unheard of these days. You know, there's a reason why the pharmaceutical rep industry is not what it is anymore. And um, it took me a long time to come out of that. And I'll never forget one of the things that one of the fitness instructors at the studio at the time that I was working at said to me, and she said, do what you love and the money will follow. And it was really hard for me to believe that at the time because, you know, what I loved was pole dancing and people were so not cool with it. I thought, well, how could I really make money doing this? And I know even owning a studio, you don't like get rich and, you know, but I didn't let that get me down. And I decided to start onlinepolelessons.com because I thought, you know, there's got to be other people out there that want to learn how to do pole dancing. And the, the websites that were available at the time, I didn't feel like were really all that great. You know, I just felt like I could do a better job. And, and this was like 2009, 2010? 2009. Yep, okay. 2009. And that was the same year that I competed at USPDF. So it kind of, you know, once I got out of that, you know, funk, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go head first into this. And that's when I got ACE and AFA certified and I competed with USPDF and started this website and was like, this is what I'm doing. Um, so it was great. And I had a lot of help from my husband who is a film director. So we have, uh, access to lots of nice equipment. And (laughs) I was able to use a beautiful studio at the time, Vixen Fitness, and I was able to film all these videos. And so now I have like close to 500 videos on this website and I update it monthly. Um, and I've added other instructors so I've got uh, uh, Leanne Riley, I have Nadia Sharif, I've got Rebecca Starr, um, Carol Helms, and Derek Pearson on there as well. So how does that work? Is it a membership or do you yep. pay per video? Okay, so it's a membership and it's twenty bucks a month. So it's I mean it's such a great deal. It's like ridiculous. cheaper than one class. It really is. <laughs> um, and I also sell polls on there, X polls, so you can order a poll if you don't have a poll. Um, there's beginner through advanced videos from walking to like fongies and, you know, all, all the signature tricks that those people that I mentioned do, um, static and spinning. And I also have some chair dancing, flexibility and strength training videos. So it's wow. exciting. 
Say yeah. the website again. For it's people. onlinepolelessons.com. I'm going to put that in the show notes. But Perfect. Yes, people yeah. check it out. And so that is what started, it sounds like, your entrepreneurial that was it. Yeah. Journey and, in the pole community. <laughs> yeah. And that just kind of took off for, for a while. And it really inspired me to keep going and keep creating things. And, um, after I did a few competitions, I thought I can do a better job. <laughs> so that's kind of how all these little projects started was that I was inspired by other people or I felt that there was something that was lacking in the industry. And I thought, well, if it's not there, create it. Or if it's there, but it's not that great, make it better. So that's kind of where all these projects came from. Yeah. And so the next thing I want to talk to you about is starting Florida Pole Fitness Championship. Yes. When did that happen? That happened in 2011. And that was when I thought that there was enough people in Florida with enough talent that it was time that we had something going on. Because after competing for USPDF, um, it just was so expensive and the return on the investment is just, it's, it's, you got to do it because you love it, you know? And I realized that a lot of people here should have the opportunity to compete, but maybe didn't have the resources to travel to LA or travel to New York or, you know, put a routine together and be able to afford everything, costuming and training and and all of that. So, um, I took my experiences as a competitor and as an attendee for some of these events that I went to and tried to put what I thought would be a better event. And we had almost 500 people come to the first event. It was unheard of. The Yeah. In Orlando? Uh, in Orlando. Okay. Yep. We had it at the Heaven Event Center. And uh, since we reached capacity, I decided the next year to move it to an actual theater. And wow. so we've been at the Plaza Live ever since then. So we just celebrated our fifth anniversary. And um, I'm already in the works of planning next year. We're going to do a two-day event, and I'm going to include a youth division, and I'm also going to include Ariel. So I'm super excited about that. Wow. So what are, like, some of the challenges of doing? Like, what are some things we don't know as maybe Uh, people who aren't (laughs) planning? Where do I start? Yeah, Um, give us the highlights. Give us, like, a few highlights and give us maybe a few challenges, we'll call them. Um, highlights are definitely being able to create an event that brings the community together. You know, one that unifies us as a community. And um, it's an opportunity for people to showcase their skills and put themselves out there and give them motivation to train and um, to be a highlight of their kind of pole journey. You know, it makes me feel good when I see people posting pictures about the competition or training for it or, you know, how they feel afterwards that they've accomplished so much, even if they haven't placed, you know, everyone's Mm -hmm. been really positive about that. Um, and just putting it on the map, you know, making it more mainstream and trying to get people that haven't heard of it before, maybe have, and don't really know to come and see what it's about and inspire more people to take class. That's really kind of my goal is to unify the industry and community here and to inspire people to take class and, and try it out. Nice. Some of the challenges. Ch- challenges, we'll call them, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd say probably uh, stress management. 
you are uh, having to deal with a lot of people and a lot of emotions, and it can get a little tricky, especially when uh, people are your friends, and um, it's 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 tough sometimes to you know maintain composure when people don't necessarily agree with what you're doing. Um, you know, taking the risk of putting yourself out there publicly is always a challenge. And, um, financially these, these events are very expensive if done right. And I think a lot of people misunderstand what really and truly goes into these competitions. And, you know, they, they don't bring in a lot of extra income, you know, a few thousand at best. And, um, if you sit down and think about how much time you're spending, you know, sometimes it's not even really a huge financial gain. It's more for the love of it. And that's why sponsorships are so important. And um, now that there's so many events, it's it's become really saturated. And there's only so many pole-specific companies. And they're all very small business. And they're, they're getting stretched thin. And so getting monetary uh, sponsorships is very hard to come by. And, um, so when you have to put down deposits on the venue and, you know, you have to rent a trust, which is a couple thousand dollars, and then your insurance policy is, you know, 800 to a thousand dollars. And there's just so many expenses that people don't account for that if you are not financially stable in the beginning, then it's, it's going to devastate you. So being able to manage a budget can be really challenging and, you know, making sure that you sell enough tickets and, you know, people always wait till the last minute to buy tickets to these events. Why? Why do you guys wait till the last minute? All of us event planners are just like pulling our hair out like the night of just, oh, are people coming? Is anyone going to come? And so don't wait. If you're going to go buy a ticket, please. It's, it's so stressful sometimes, but, um, you know, we've, we've grown in attendance every year. So I can't complain. Um, but it's, yeah, those are some of the challenges, you know, and, and staying organized and on top of things and being able to, to manage everything. So that's why I said before, delegating is really important and having a strong support system and team of people that can work with you to manage all that stuff. Cause you can't do everything by yourself and do, do it well. So that can be challenging and, um, time management, you know, really can get away from you, especially when you're answering emails and, and looking at stuff and editing the content on social media. And there's just so many things. So wow, those that. are just some of the yeah. challenges. Yeah. Cause I hear sometimes people will be like, Oh, it's like $25 to enter this. I'm like, I feel like that's nothing. Like, <laughs> you know, when are, you do you, are, are you even thinking up? about how much it costs to like run yeah, something like it's, this? It is. Venues can be very expensive, yeah. and some of them just don't even want to do business with you when they find out that it's a, a poll competition. So that can be tricky, too. Um, you know, I've, I've had to hunt around in Orlando to find the perfect place. So, you know, when people question about your rules and, and you know, what you allow and what you don't allow, sometimes it's because it's what the venue says. And it's, it's what we have to go by if we want to book that venue. And so... I think a lot of people don't understand that part too, you know, like, well, why can't you expose the gluteal fold? Well, it's, this venue said that we can't have any kind of nudity and that's what they consider nudity. So they, they don't want it, you know? So that's why PSO had had that rule for so long. But over time, people and venues that once they kind of see what you're doing, they ease up a little bit and they, you know, kind of 
loosen up, if you will, and uh, don't get so, you know, uh, I guess, judgmental about what we're doing. But um, it can be challenging as an event producer to find, you know, a venue that works for everything that you need and and will accept your community and and what you're doing. So. That's so crazy to me because we've talked to um, Amy about this. We talked to uh, Tammy Morris out of Canada about this. And, you know, they've said like finding a venue that will accept pole dancing is harder than you would think. Yes. And then, you know, God forbid you tell them that you're going to drill a hole into the floor to install the pole. Like some <laughs> of them just lose their minds. I'm fortunate where the plaza is super cool. I've never had any issues. They let me do pretty much whatever I want. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful for them. And, uh, but yeah, I've, I've spoken to some other event people and they're just like, what do I do? I can't do this. And how do I do this? And, uh, and I'm like, well, you, you know, it's, it's stuff you got to consider when you're trying to book an event. So yeah, it's a lot, you know, you, you kind of have to wear a bunch of hats. You have to be a web designer. If you don't want to hire someone, you have to be a social media guru because you got to market. You don't have really a lot of money or a big budget for advertising. So you got to work with what you got. Um, you want to make sure that your pictures and video of the event come out great. To me, that is mm-hmm. m- number one priority because as a competitor, you know, that's kind of all you've got. If yes. you don't have good pictures and video of your competitions, like, you know, it's it a huge selling point to participate disappointing yeah so I'm fortunate enough that my husband like I said he's he's in film and and directing and stuff that we've got a really good team of people and and I I believe that we have some of the best um edited videos in the industry I'm just gonna brag for a second I I I think they look really good and um it's it's cool when I do get to see some competitions that are at that level you know Mm -hmm. Oh, it's such a selling point for the competitors, you know, to be able to capture something like that. That's major. It's really funny that you say that because I'm not going to mention any names or other events, but I've had competitors uh, do my shows or my competitions and they start with me and then they go and do other competitions and they'll write me afterwards and be like, I didn't know how good I had it because (laughs) the video that I got from such and such was terrible and, you know, your video is my favorite and I was really hoping that this, and I'm just like, oh, you know, yeah, it's like, it's hard. I'm sorry. You know, I had to teach myself how to edit with Final Cut because even my husband's editing crew were not producing the cuts that I liked. So I had to teach myself that. And it's, you know, I do all the editing for the videos. So that's, that takes some time. I've gotten faster at it. That's good. So much work. Yeah, it reminds me because, well, I wanted to ask you about this anyway, but a few things you mentioned remind me of um, Alethea and her, you know, Miss Pole Dance America, how, you know, you both have hubbies that are like willing to pitch in with their expertise to help make the show better. It's everything better. It's everything. Yeah. It makes such a difference and it's so rad to be able to you know, work with, work with your, your husband on something that's like a huge creative vision of yours and accomplish that together. Yeah. Um, it's, it was challenging at first, (laughs) you know, um, his, his view of, of art and how it should look is, was not the same as mine. And I had to explain to him after the first year or two, like what he wants to see and produce is not what my audience wants to see. (laughs) And so I had to train him, if you will. And it's funny, he kind of makes fun of me how I'm like, okay, so you can get close, 
but I still want the whole body in the frame, you know, yes. and you can get far away, but I don't want like body parts. And, <laughs> you know, it's like nobody likes to see that. And he's like, Oh, well, so we had to go through that for a little bit. And, um, yeah, but he gets it now. He gets it now. Now I'm like, I'm making your job really easy. I just want this shot and this shot. And then we've got like a guy kind of floating around. We've got a couple GoPros. So we've got like five or six cameras I can cut from, which, which wow. is awesome. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And another thing we talked about was a sponsorship thing, which when we had Alethea on, we also spoke about, about like that the current sponsors are not really capable of supporting like huge, um, productions and it's nothing against them. They are, you know, the, the big, the big companies in the pole industry have gone above and beyond to allow these events to take place. But there is a certain point where we're going to need to get sponsorship outside of pole. Yes, absolutely. Um, I have to thank X pole because if it weren't for them, the Florida pole fitness championship would not have been possible. Um, they supported me all the way through, um, this past year, I, I pretty much did it all myself. I feel confident enough to kind of do it uh, without their help as much. But um, I use their polls every time. They're they're great. Um, you know, X-Poll has been such a good partnership with me over the years. So, yeah, it's, it's true. If it weren't for them, we wouldn't be where we are today. But now it's so saturated and there's so many events. And they're still they a small business. Yeah, they can't, can't be a burden on their shoulder. Like You to. really can't. So um, it's, it's gotten really challenging as far as finding, you know, legitimate sponsors that are willing to put their company image and stuff on the line, reputation basically to be affiliated with your brand. So um, you got to be really strategic about how you market your brand and, you know, what kind of mission and image and what kind of, you know, industry you want to align yourself with. Um, with Florida Pole, I wanted to keep it fitness and you know, open it more mainstream and get more athletic sponsorships. And like I said, I want to include youth yeah, and I'm going to do the kids now, which is, yeah, like- I have to be super careful about my rules and, and who is allowed to compete and, you know, what I put out there on the internet and how my videos and pictures look and, you know, all that stuff. So I've gotten a huge request. Lots of parents um, in the area and outside really want an event for their kids. They so do. Okay. They wanted it last year, and I was like, oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And then after, they were like, please, we have, like, all these. And I was like, okay. Is kids um, pull, like, a thing in Orlando? Is it? Um, it's, it's, it's picking up. There are some studios in Florida, like Bittersweet Studios, where their kids' program is thriving. And um, it's starting to pick up here in Orlando. They've got kids' classes in Miami now. Um, I've seen a couple kids' classes, I think, even in Tampa. So it's starting to pick up. And I think it's just a result of a lot of the parents that are doing it. And then they install poles at home or, you know, their kids somehow see them doing it on the playground or whatever. And then the kids want to do it too. So uh, I think that's probably the biggest connection right now. Um, with kids doing it. And, um, you know, that's really exciting because I think that's the future of pole. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a challenge, though. You know, I always think that eventually, you know, this may be controversial, but it's going to have to split because there is like the sensual, sexy, you know, stripper history side of pole that isn't going to go away. But there's also like children want to be involved. Yeah, you and know? I think that's, and that's fine. I think it's okay, too. You know, there's 
there's I nothing wrong with that. It makes it, it diverse, right? It totally does. There, and, and just because you have one doesn't mean you can't have another exactly. or that it's going to take away or be any less. So um, I embrace all forms of pole. I, I don't discriminate against the style. I, I think whatever you're into is great. Whatever gets your ass off the couch, yeah. really, you know, and, and, and makes you feel good and empowered and, and confident. And um, so I, I do think there's room for both. And I think that even if pole were to make it into the Olympics one day, that it, it wouldn't take away from, you know, the Miss Pole Dance America competitions or the ones happening at Spearmint Rhino, like that's going to continue. It's not going to take away. It's just like, you know, in the Olympics now, just because they have major national, you know, international competitions doesn't mean that there aren't local and, you know, kind of homegrown situations going on too. Um, I think that realistically for a poll, the next step would be something like the World Games or the X Games. And so I'm, I'm really pushing for something like that because I think once we get into something big like that, then the sponsorships that we had talked about earlier will come a lot easier. Um, I think having pole in the Arnold, um, sports festival is a huge Huge. step in the right direction. And I'm proud to say that the Florida pole fitness championship sends a a champion to compete in that one. And I've, I think that that is, you know, a step in, in that direction as far as getting, you know, more, um, you know, fitness and big sponsors to look at at these kind of events. I feel like they're going to be blown away and all of a sudden they're going to think it came out of nowhere and it's like, no, we've been clawing for like the past 10 years to get recognition and to get your attention and all of a sudden, you know, I think it's going to happen quickly. And Uh, Yeah, yeah. but I think that's kind of how like BMX and, and all those like extreme sports, you know, like they were underground for so long having their own championships and events and then one day they just like, broke through ESPN and now it's like, yeah, super mainstream. So, um, I think it'll take a lot longer for pole obviously than it did for these other sports, um, just because of the stigma still attached. But, um, I think it's, it's lessening every day and with more and more international and world championships happening, it's kind of just chipping away that it's okay if you want to be sexy and it's okay if you want to be sporty. It doesn't you know, make you any less of a person. Yeah. And you just, like you said, you're, you're the, for the Florida pole fitness, uh, championship, you have chosen to brand it in a specific way that is yeah. like a business decision, you know, but it doesn't mean that you don't dance sexy because you participated. In- I love dancing. Sexy. <laughs> yes. You it's do pole show LA. You did, yeah. this, you did the first Miss Pole Dance America and you came in third. Yeah, that was really exciting. That that was probably the most fun competition for me. Um, I had retired from competing and focused on Florida Pole Championship. And when I was nominated to compete in that, I kind of felt like I had to, you know, I just had to one more time. Um, so that routine was just me dancing how I like to dance. And it really, the Marie Antoinette kind of had a deeper meaning. It's, it's you know, our society kind of teaches women to be very reserved and classy and proper and this and that. But deep down, we all just want to dance dirty and twerk. So <laughs> it was kind of an unraveling as the routine went on. You know, it's, it's, uh, it can be stifling sometimes to be so uh, prim and proper. But, um, you know, for Florida Pole, I was trying to have a competition that wasn't stripped club style, you know, because at the time when I had first started in 2011, besides USPDF 
you know, it was strip club competitions, you know, that was pretty much it. There wasn't really a competition for other people that weren't comfortable stripping or, you know, competing in a strip club or, you know, they wanted something that they can invite their friends and family to and not be embarrassed about where the venue is. So um, that's what kind of inspired me to do Florida Pole was for the other people that wanted the more fitness side. So which is totally respectable. Yeah. So, and it's good, you know, hearing you talk about it and like, you know, maybe for people who don't know listening that you even, you know, are, but you are open to all different sides. So I'm actually going to put your video from Miss Pole Dance America uh, in the cool. show notes so people can check it out. Yeah. You, as you said, it has like a Marie Antoinette cake theme, yes. which is, it was just really fun and really entertaining and really cool and really sexy. So I had such a good time with that concept. And when Alethea said that the theme was, you know, bring the show and she was inspired by Miss Pole Dance Australia. And, um, it was, she wanted the show to be Cirque du Soleil meets Beyonce concert meets crazy horse. And so that just really inspired me to go big and be really fancy and look expensive and have fun and be entertaining and not worry about crazy tricks and just do tricks that I like to do. Yeah, you accepted the challenge and you did amazing. It was great. I loved it. So thank you, Alethea. <laughs> and so what else? It's, you know, we talked about the you're going to keep continuing with uh, Florida Pole Fitness Championship and yep. you have the um, the online pole lessons. What else What else do you do? What else do you have coming up? Like you have, um, it's called Foxy Clean. Like, oh yeah. People don't know Allison does like so many do little so many different things, things that <laughs> um so Foxy Clean, uh that was actually my husband's idea. Um he came to one of the studios one day uh for an open house event and they had cherry scented alcohol to clean the bowls with. And he thought that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and um, and it was cool. Like people would come in and they'd be like, What's that smell? It smells great. And it's like, oh, well, it's this cherry scented alcohol. Well, they would buy it from this hair supply place like Sally's or something like that, but it was really expensive. Um, and so I thought, oh, I could probably make this cheaper, right, and better. <laughs> and so we came up with uh, a bunch of different scents. And uh, my husband kind of took over the kitchen for three months and turned it into a chemistry lab. And <laughs> he ordered all these different essential oils on online. And so we tested uh, to see, uh, what the, uh, I guess, uh, the mixture was, mm, um, the each, each, yeah, the formula, each scent was different because you had to figure out, well, it can't, it can't have an oily residue. Um, you still want to be able to smell the scent, um, and not it smell so much like alcohol, really sterile. Um, it couldn't change the color of the alcohol. So it was a lot of experimenting. So it's not just oil and, alcohol it's like you have to like measure it out so it's every scent was different but um he got really excited with that and trying to get me to push it and so I've you know I've been doing it for a little while but it's it's not really my priority right now but it's a um, pole, it's like a scented pole cleaner but it's, it's a scented pole cleaner oily, yeah and it's yeah and it smells great it there's two uh, different bottle sizes there's eight ounce and there's two ounce so there's a travel size and um, I use it for all kinds of things. I clean my yoga mat with it. I spray the aerial silks. I clean my makeup brushes with it. I spray my body. <laughs> um, I clean my electronic devices with it. So there's there's lots of, of multi-purpose uses for it. So you can order them cool. at 
Yeah, you can order them at foxyclean.com, F-O-X-Y-K-L-E-E-N.com. <laughs> um, so that's, that's where you can get that. Um, some other projects that I am doing is I am the vice president of the U.S. Pole Sports Federation. And we are the push to get pole into the Olympics. And um, so this is going to be our second full year going on. And we are going to be exhibiting at the Pole Expo coming up in September. We're going to have a booth there. So come on by, check us out. We're going to be accepting applications for our 2017 championships happening in Jacksonville, Florida, March 24th through the 26th. And we will be giving a symposium about pole sports and our journey to the Olympics, where we are, and announcing Pole Art America, which is also happening 2017 in March. So we discovered through our um, research with the International Olympic Committee and with Sport Accord, which is basically the organization that um, approves uh, petitioned sports into the Olympic Games. And we learned that in order for pole to become or to even be considered an Olympic event, it needed to include not only the sports side, but the artistic side as well. Um, so the um, IOC and Sport Accord, um, I guess, saw pole as something similar to um, ice skating or swimming, where they've got the athletic side, you know, diving and relay and stuff, but then they also have synchronized swimming. So there's, there's the artistic side. Um, so that's what they want with pole. And, um, you know, so we have joined forces with the international pole sports and arts federation. And, um, we are so excited to announce pole art America. That's going to be, uh, I think a real game changer for, for a lot of things. Um, it's, it's going to be similar in the sense that it's going to be competitive and people can, uh, advance onto a world championship. It's a, um, so it's a competition? It is a competition, okay. yep. And so um, there aren't any required moves or uh, anything like that, kind of like how we have in the pole sports side mm-hmm. where there's compulsory moves and, you know, they have to read from the code of points what point value specific movements are. So with pole art, there's going to be a whole another um, code of points and a whole different way of judging. So um, I'm really excited about that because the people that are working with the IPSAF uh, are really well known in the industry. We've got Elena Gibson and Felix Kane is the honorary president. We've got Natasha Wong. So a bunch of really amazing pole artists and contributors to the industry are behind the IPSAF. So I'm really excited to be a part of that. And um, we're also going to be doing a two-day studio owner symposium at Pole Expo. Um, and that is going to be our second event. We had our first one back in February in Jacksonville. We had over 35 studio owners from around the country attend. And it was a collaboration of ideas and innovating the industry and sharing and connecting and learning. And it was just such a great event. So I'm really excited to bring that to the West Coast. And that's going to happen September 7th and 8th, just before Pole Expo starts. So definitely get there a couple days early for that. Yeah, because we talked with Lindsay Lythe last week and she was saying like one way she wanted to see the industry change was having studios be more successful because so many studios close. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> one of my other uh, projects that I started, um, and this ha- this started about six years ago um, when I guess the Orlando Pole industry kind of blossomed. Um, I started a consulting business with studio owners 
And um, I have been working with several studio owners in Florida to open their business, expand their business. And now I'm working with several other studio owners nationwide. And um, it's been such an exciting experience to help them grow their businesses. And since I've been so lucky to travel around the world and teach and perform and compete, I've been able to see you know, what works at some of these really successful studios and what doesn't work and, and what you can do to improve your business. And so I started consulting on the side and that, that got, I got such good results and people that I worked with kept saying, well, you know, this is so great. I wish more people knew about this, you know? So that inspired me to launch poleandarielstudiooner.com. And that is also a membership-based website, but it's just for studio owners. And I realized that our industry is great for providing resources and information for students and instructors, but there's this huge gap for studio owners. And if we really, truly want this industry to thrive and grow and continue, it starts with the studios. So I started this website and I got a really good response from it. And I've been working privately with lots of studio owners now. And so when I started working with the U.S. Pole Sports Federation, we, I decided that it would be great to have an event that brought all of the studio owners together and really helped out the small studios because it's great for someone in LA or New York to, you know, have what they've got going on. But when you look at a studio in like Louisiana or South Carolina or like Georgia, you know, the problems and the solutions are quite different. So um, I wanted to be able to provide what I learned and what other studio owners I've worked with have learned to make it work for your business. And this was to be a resource for them that saves them time, saves them money you know, tells them what has worked and to give them a platform to connect with other people that are like them and to bounce off ideas and to vent and to find resources and, you know, read reviews about stuff and, oh, if I had only done this or I wish I had known this or, you know, just to know that they're not alone with some of the things that they're experiencing. So um, I'm really excited to have our second studio owner symposium happening at Expo and I Hope to see lots of new faces. That's so cool. And I'm going to put the website to your consultancy. Awesome. Um, in the show notes. And is this something that people are maybe thinking about opening a studio? Could yes. they get in touch with you or join and just to like Absolutely. figure yeah. out what so, they're getting into? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So this studio is great for people that have been in the industry for a while and just want to, you know, expand or get some fresh ideas. And this is also a great website for people that are thinking about opening a website. I have lots of posts on there that talk about, you know, what to do and, you know, what to look for and, you know, how to stand out from the crowd if there's multiple studios or what to do if you're the first person. You know, how do you claim that, you know, industry there for your own and, and how to grow it if you've been stagnant for a while or if you want to expand and offer different classes, you know, youth classes or aerial classes, how do you do that? Where do you get the equipment? What do you need to know about rigging? You know, um, I have all kinds of resources up there for studio owners like handbooks, contracts, agreements, um, legal advice, oh, wow. just anything you can think of marketing, social media, dealing with troublesome clients, all kinds of stuff. That's amazing. And I mean, if you're a business owner, it's a tax write-off. So what, it really you is. not do it? <laughs> it really is. And it can and save you money in the end. So, so much. That's so so cool. much. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay. So we've covered a lot of the things that you are up to. Um, Let's jump into the second part, which is more of Allison's thoughts and opinions on the pole community in general. So who is your pole crush? I have a bunch. (laughs) Um, Right now, I'm obsessed with Daria Chebatova. She is um, just mesmerizing. I I love her style. I love her grace, her fluidity. Um, I'm really excited that she's going to be performing in Pole Show LA. So I cannot wait to meet her. Pole Expo in Vegas, the second September 10th. Yep, September 10th. It's going to be at the University of Las Vegas, which is right across from Pole Expo. Um, So, yeah, she's a crush. Um, Olga Koda, of course, a crush. Um, One of my longtime old school crushes is Leanne Riley. And let's see, who else? Um, Yeah, just off the top of my head, a few few of those people. Those are good. Those are good. (laughs) So um, how would you like to see the poll community evolve over the next five years? I I think we talked about it a little bit, but... (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, I would love to see it grow. I would love to see more studios open and stay open. Um, I would love to see more uh, legitimate events happening um, and and staying happening. Um, I would love to see bigger companies take notice and and sponsor athletes and events. Um, I would love to see it eventually get into the World Games or the X Games or some kind of extreme sporting event like that, you know, just to get more uh, mainstream attention. Um, And I would love to see more kids getting into it. Yeah, I love it. Like, I'll, you know, to be honest, when doing this podcast has helped open my mind, you know, to so many different things. And I'm hope that people listen, feel the same way, because I wasn't always on that track of like that kids should participate or, you know, that it should be in the Olympics. But, you know, the more I talk to people like you, it makes so much sense. And like, it's, you're not negating another area of absolutely you're just creating, you know, another side, another side. I think pole has many facets. And that's one thing that I really like about it is that you can make it whatever you want. You can make it theatrical, you can make it artistic, you can make it sensual, you can make it acrobatic, you can make it literally whatever you want. And I think the more avenues and opportunities for different styles, um, the, the more likely this, this industry will grow just by sheer numbers of people being interested in it. And I don't think anyone is taking away from another. I mean, you look at so many other sports and forms of dance. It's like tango doesn't take away from ballet, you know, doesn't take away from swing dancing, doesn't take away from tap dancing, you know, BMX biking doesn't take away from cross country or sprinting or, you know, anything like that, motocross. So yeah, I mean, there's so many, it's like, they all get along. Why can't we get along? (laughs) You know? Um, so I think, I think the more opportunities for people to get involved at whatever style that they're comfortable at, the better. And I hope that each little style and, and community within continues to thrive. And I, I hope that strip club competitions keep happening and keep getting better. And I hope that you know, more sport competitions keep happening and keep getting better and pole art competitions keep happening and keep getting better, you know, because that's the only way I think that we're really truly going to survive is if we can all kind of just do our own thing and be okay with that and not, you know, if people don't like you, that's okay. It's like the saying goes, you could be the 
most ripest, juiciest, delicious peach in the world, and there's still going to be people that hate peaches. So, yeah. deed of it's like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> love it. That's super true. Yeah, and so um, I'm also producing Dance Filthy USA. I was going to bring that up. So yeah, again, you you walk the talk. <laughs> I want to do all of that, and, and we were, um, and it was funny because we had Kitty Valore on like two weeks ago, and she did Dance Filthy in London. And I was like, is there a dance filthy in the U.S.? And then as soon as I got off the call, I was like, yeah, I know there, I know Allison's doing one. And I don't know why I forgot about that when we were recording. So I'm so happy to have you on so you can talk about that. So like, what's the history of dance filthy and what are you, what's your, what's your show? Okay. So, so basically, um, I, when I was preparing for Miss Pole Dance America, in 2015, I went on vacation to Australia with my husband. And when I was there, I was like, I have to go see Michelle Shimi and Maddie Sparkle. I have to. So we went. And unfortunately, I couldn't make it for class, but I scheduled a private with Michelle. And I told her my concept and everything. And she taught me some, you know, super fun things like that handstand, heel clag, yeah. drop split thing. Love that. So yeah, she was teaching me all kinds of stuff. And um, she had mentioned to me then that she was thinking about a dance filthy USA. Um, and I said, okay, well, you know, I like running competitions, so keep me in mind. Maybe I can help you depending on where you want it. Cause she had mentioned, um, somewhere like Miami or something like that. So after the competition and everything Miss pole dance America, um, she, you know, she was like, Oh, that was so, you know, it's so proud. And, you know, cause she helped me with some of the choreography and, um, she asked me if I'd be interested in hosting dance filthy. And I said, yeah, like, of course, <laughs> of course I would. She said, I think you'd be perfect for the, for the job. You know, you, um, you have the perfect style and, you know, you run events and you seem to have everything together and I really like you. So let's do it. And I was like, okay, great. So, um, it took me a while to find a venue that would back. let me do it, you know, back to that whole thing. And, um, you know, Shimmy wanted it to be in a more kind of club slash theater atmosphere. So she didn't really want it to be in a place like the plaza or an auditorium. So that made it even harder. Um, and I found a place in Orlando. It's called Parallel Nightclub. And um, I know the owner of that place. And so we're going to make it work there. And um, I'm hoping to go there in a week or so and set up the poll and do like a video walkthrough of what it's going to look like because it's not your traditional <laughs> um, yeah. setup for, for a pole competition. So, um, but I'm super excited about that. This, this is on the opposite end of the spectrum from Florida Pole Fitness and the Pole Sports Federation stuff. So, yeah, tell um, people what it is, just like in a nutshell. So, yeah, so Dance Filthy is a competition that's been created by Michelle Shimia and Maddie Sparkle, and it totally embraces the filthy side of pole dancing. And um, the theme is Untamed and Unleashed for USA. They, uh, they do different themes. Like they've done Deliciously Filthy and Survival of the Filthiest and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So this is kind of a no-rules competition, meaning that there aren't any required compulsory moves or tricks or anything like that. So um, the scoring is based more on your technique and your showmanship and your, you know, character. You know, are you really engaging on stage or are you just kind of going through the motions are you really dancing to your music or are you just kind of doing a bunch of tricks so um so they encourage 
anyone to apply, there are um, video submissions, and the submissions close September 17th. And so uh, Michelle, time to apply. there's still time to apply. So just go to dancefilthyusa.com and click on the apply tab and you'll see all the rules and regulations on there. It uh, says what you can and can't do. Um, so, but basically, you know, this is a, a showcase showgirl type, you know, competition. And um, I'm really excited to see some of the applications for this, and uh, Michelle Shimmy and Maddie Sparkle are going to be doing the online judging. So um, they'll be checking out all the submission videos, and we are working on getting them to come down here. So I'm super excited about that. Um, and then the final round judges um, so far, I have Sarah Jade from Buttercup. So she's going to be judging and performing the final, and uh, Carol Helms. She's going to be judging and performing, and Leanne Riley is going to be coming. She'll be judging and performing. So three of my most favorite sexy USA pole dancers, some of my best friends that we go way back, so they're all going to come help with that. So, um, yeah, it'll be in a nightclub, and there's going to be VIP bottle service, and there will be uh, general admission tickets as well. Tickets are going to be on sale pretty soon. Um, so definitely don't wait till the last minute. Like she said, yeah, don't wait till the last minute because um, I only have like 12 VIP tables. So definitely oh, want to jump on that. It's a great deal. And, uh, we're going to have raffle prizes and give away some awesome stuff. And it's going to be a great competition. So I'm super excited. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I hope some of you guys now hearing this get inspired to, to put together a video and apply. Do they have to be from the U S or this is international. Anyone who wants to, if you want to go, if you want to go to Florida. Yeah. And, um, there, there's no, you know, uh, well, there's amateur and professional divisions. So, um, there's some rules on, on, you know, what division you would qualify for, but you know, it doesn't matter what you do in your personal life if you want to do this competition or not. You know, Florida poll, I had to be a little bit more strict about people's personal lives. But this competition, dance filthy, whatever you want. Be filthy in your personal life. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Cool. That sounds fun. So, again, I'll put the everything is going to be in the show notes, guys. So go check it out. And before I let you go, can you leave us with an empowering um, message or quote or lyrics or anything to sign off with? Um, yes. Do what makes you feel happy because you are the only one that is in control of your life and life is too short to not do what makes you happy. So do what makes you happy and whole dance every day. <laughs> Unless your body's fatigued, then take a day off and just then take a break. And then watch pole dancing on watch pole social dancing media. videos. <laughs> watch pole cast. There you go. Pole cast. There you go. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Allison, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been so thank interesting you. speaking with oh, you. God. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Bye. Mwah. Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.